<laughs> okay. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our Broward County Commission, Board of County Commissioners meeting this Thursday, September the 7th, 2023. Again, welcome, everybody. I'm going to ask you to please now stand for the pledge, followed okay. by the moment of silence. Good morning. Let me talk about that. Good morning, Mr. Commissioner Fur, are you there, right? I'm here. Can you hear me? I, I can, so we're going to get, do the pledge now and the moment of silence, okay? Okay. Ms. Kimberly, would you come forward and lead the pledge? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, individual, liberty, and justice for all. Just please remain standing for a moment of silence. Ladies and gentlemen, it's customary that we observe a moment of silence in honor of those notable persons from our community who have recently passed. I'm going to begin over here to my right. Mr. Rogers, do you have anybody? Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Mrs. Polita Lee Smith, who is a member of First Baptist Church Piney Grove for 66 years has passed and just wanted to acknowledge their family members and their commitment. Zeline, Zelrine McKenzie, who spent most of her life taking care of others as a teacher assistant and a nurse has passed away. She will be missed by her family members, of course, and the ambassador's SDA church family. And that's my church that I got baptized in, so she's very special to me. So please remember both families in your prayers. Thank you. Senator Geller? Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, two people, uh, both were losses to the country. Um, first, the, actually, the first concert that I ever went to in college was a Jimmy Buffett concert <laughs> when I was a freshman. Um, and uh, I worked with uh, Jimmy on a number of environmental uh, programs. He was a truly great Floridian, cared very much about the environment and was, uh, you know, back when it was good to be Florida man, uh, he was Florida man, not what we think of today, but, you know, he, his um, death is a great loss for the state of Florida. And to move one step up, uh, I met uh, Governor Bill Richardson many times um, at various functions and he also passed uh, my wife actually was supporting him in his abortive run for president uh, in I don't know about 12 years ago something like that but um, uh, he was the first uh, Hispanic to credibly run for uh, president of the United States and uh, his work on freeing hostages was, a, again, a true humanitarian thing. So I think that the country is diminished by the loss of both Jimmy Buffett and Governor Richardson. Thank you. Commissioner Dean? Carl Springs lost former city commissioner Tom Powers, uh, who served with distinction in the city of Carl Springs. Uh, Tom was uh, pretty much a fixture in the Northwest Broward community. Uh, a person who always fought for what he believed in and a person who treated both people on different sides of the political spectrum with dignity and respect at a t 
you know, at a time when you don't always see that, Tom was a true gentleman, and uh, the county is uh, a little bit diminished for his loss. Thank you. Mr. McKenzie, anybody? Uh, a friend of mine whose mom now, uh, their family resides in Houston, uh, originally from the Broward Estates uh, Parkway area, as we call it, a former educator uh, passed away in Houston a week ago, Ms. Brown, and then uh, someone that we all know and uh, shared together, uh, Ken Keechel, who served uh, here as a commissioner. And we served on many boards. We built uh, um, affordable housing in the community with uh, Homes, Inc. and, and um, uh, the Rotellas. It's just, he's a, it's gonna be a big loss, um, but uh, he's not suffering anymore, Ken Keechel. Amen. And I was too going to recognize, obviously, Mr. Powers, who was an impact in our community, and, and of course, Commissioner and Mayor, former Mayor of Broward County, Ken Keechel, uh, just truly a loss at such a young age. And so <clears throat> we want to pray for his family. And then, Lord, lastly, Battalion Chief Jackson and Miss Wheaton, uh, as they lost their lives in the tragic accident of the Broward Sheriff's Office helicopter incident. So we want to keep them in our prayers and we'll be celebrating. Uh, Italian Chief Jackson's life tomorrow in sunrise at 10 a.m. if you want to join us out there. So let's also remember, of course, our brave men and women who have served and continue to serve in the armed forces, both here and abroad, and thank them for the service. I always want to add in, of course, our own law enforcement officers and our fire paramedic folks out there every day uh, servicing us. Let's have a moment of silence. Thank you. Maybe see it. <clears throat> Before we go on to our proclamations uh, and the rest of our agenda, I do want to recognize a certain individual in our audience today who's sitting to my far left here, and his name is Sandy Michael McDonald. And the reason why I bring that attention to you today is because it happens to be his birthday today. <laughs> So we wish you, my friend, many, many, many more birthdays, okay? I know you didn't like to be recognized. That's why I wanted to make sure I did it. <laughs> and I actually, Mark Gale celebrated his birthday a couple days ago on Labor Day. So Mark Gale, happy birthday to you as well. All right, today's music was brought to you by our own Commissioner Tim Ryan. Uh, the first one was Simple Man by Leonard Skinner. Those young folks probably don't remember Leonard Skinner, but we do. And then uh, Tax Band by The Beatles. So we want to thank him for his musical selections as well. Uh, today we have uh, two proclamations. Our first proclamation will be National Direct Support Professionals Week. It is requested by Vice Mayor uh, Nan Rich, who unfortunately can't be with us today. Uh, so Commissioner Rogers will make that presentation uh, to Ms. Julie Price of Arc Broward, President CEO, along with any of those other folks that are joining, please come forward and Commissioner Rogers will present that proclamation. Thank you. Good morning. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Okay. Thank you, colleagues and everyone in the audience or watching. Come closer, please. I'm in her absence or Vice Mayor's asks that I do this on her behalf. So here we go. Proclamation, recommend requested by Commissioner Vice Mayor Nanrich, Broward County.
the week of September 10 through 16, 2023, has been designated as National Direct Support Professionals Weeks and celebrated by Art Broward. And whereas Art Broward is a 67-year-old Broward County nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting individuals with disabilities and other life challenges to reach their full potential, whereas direct support professionals provide essential care and long-term support and services to over 1,200 children and adults with disability, Art Broward serves, and whereas direct support professionals provide a broad range of support to individuals with disability to help them live meaningful and productive lives, including assisting with personal care, medication management, transportation, assessing the community, securing gainful employment, and the pursuit of personal interests. And whereas Broward County residents are encouraged to recognize the dedication of direct support professionals and the important role they play in supporting and enhancing the lives of individuals with disability. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by Broad County Board of County Commissioners that the board hereby designates September 10 through the 16, 2023, as National Direct Support Professionals Week in Broward County, Florida, to raise awareness about the critical importance that direct support professionals play in the lives of people with disability. We are so thankful for all you do every day to make the lives of the families also. Okay, thank you for having me. And I do have proclamation, a copy of the proclamation for everyone. So who will be accepting this one? And then I'll just, all righty. You'd like to say a few words or? <laughs> Thank you very much. We appreciate this, this honor to be here today. We thank Vice Mayor Rich, Commissioner Rogers, and all the commission. Um, again, I'm Julie Price, I'm with Ark Broward, and there's no greater thing that we are blessed to be able to do but to support individuals with disabilities, several of whom are with us today, along with a few of our most dedicated direct support professionals who have devoted countless days, hours, and years of their lives to support individuals so they can live, work, learn, and play in our community of Broward County. And you all do so much um, to help the art organization through the Human Services Division, through funding for several of our programs. Um, some of that funding helps the individuals who are here today. So we, we, we thank you for this honor to be here, um, to recognize the, the great work that direct support professionals do to change people's lives and give people tremendous opportunities. Thank you. All righty. Commissioner Rogers, we'll get a picture here. Okay, with everybody. Okay.
All right, it's our second, uh, our second proclamation is going to be for Workforce Development Month. And Carol Hilton, I believe, President and CEO of Career Source Broward is here along with a bunch of wonderful people. Yeah! Is going to come join us at the podium. Commissioner Ryan, would you please head down for the proclamation as you'll be presented it. Are you going to present this problem? No, okay. Okay. no, sir, right. Commissioner Ryan, you're uh, going to be doing that. You know, I was told by my colleague, uh, Robert McKenzie, that he doesn't get to do enough proclamations. So I asked if he would join us down here for this proclamation. And um, we're going to go um, uh, like a tag team, and we're going to, each one of us will wear, excuse me, we'll, we'll read a paragraph, and then we'll... We'll go from there and, hi, Carol, how are you? <laughs> you look great. Thank you. Right. Uh, whereas, workforce development plays a critical role in contributing to the economic health, development, growth, and prosperity of our community. Whereas, for the past 50 years, CareerSource Broward has delivered quality workforce development services in the county under the guidance of CareerSource Broward County Consortium of local elected officials, consisting of mayors of cities of Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood, and Broward County Commissioner in, in partnership with the Broward Workforce Development Board, Inc. And, see, he didn't get a chance to read that beforehand. Whereas CareerSource Broward's dedicated professionals assist hundreds of Broward County residents and businesses every year in both good and bad economic times, and even during natural disasters, by connecting Broward residents to jobs and a variety of workforce services. Whereas Career Source Broward's outreach in collaboration with local governments, chambers of commerce, employer associations, labor unions, community-based organizations, public and private educational institutions is critical to connecting Broward residents to workforce services and did that better than the last one. And whereas CareerSource Broward partners with local educational institutions help Broward County residents develop skills that expand their career options while also meeting the needs of our employers and Whereas working with employees, employers through recruitments, job fairs, subsidized work-based training activities helps not only to increase the employer's expenses, but also leads to the placement 
and retention of employees, which are instrumental to reducing local unemployment rates compared to other areas in the state and the nation. Now, therefore, keep going, finish it up. Be it proclaimed by the Broward County Board of County Commissioners that the board hereby designates the September as Workforce Development Month and recognizes Career Source Broward for its 50 years of developing workforce services to the businesses, employers, residents, and citizens of Broward County. Signed by our Mayor, Lamar Fisher, September 7th, 2023. Very well done. Very well done. You know, Mayor, I, I just observed that you actually listened to that entire proclamation. So we're, you know, we're very grateful for that. Uh, we have uh, a number of uh, workforce development uh, uh, partners that are here, but our executive director, uh, Carol, Carol Hilton, is going to make a few remarks, and hopefully, you know, nobody could speak better about how well Workforce Broward has done you know, for our community and, and for the entire South Florida area, the Carol. So please, if you'll share a few Thank words you. with us. Thank you. For 50 years, it has been CareerSource Broward's mission to develop a skilled and resilient workforce. We strive to meet the talent needs of our employer community. We would like to thank Commissioner Ryan for sponsoring the proclamation before you and recognizing the work of CareerSource Broward. As chair of the Career Source Broward Council of Elected Officials, he is our foremost advocate and knows firsthand the impact that Career Source Broward has had on our job seekers and employers over the years. There is no economic development without workforce development. On behalf of the dedicated staff and board members, I believe Sandy and Tara Williams are here, uh, and some of whom, are this, as you can see, we brought, we still have people in the centers, I can assure you working, <laughs> but we really wanted to have staff recognize and be here because it really is through the efforts and their labor of love and commitment to Broward County that we are able to increase the self-sufficiency of the many that we serve. We want to extend our appreciation to the Broward County Board of County Commissioners for honoring Career Search Broward during September Workforce Development Month. As we look to the future, we are proud to be the convener of workforce development efforts that spur economic development and improve the lives of our citizens and residents. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right, let's get a photograph of everybody. Okay, all right. Uh, so let's, uh, let's get a photograph up front. Um, should, should I take the proclamation? Yeah, take it okay. with you. And, and the extras. The extras here, okay? Mark, Me, 
One more, one more, one more. Pardon me, y'all. Pardon me. <laughs> Had to switch to a wider lens. We got such a large group. All right, everybody. Count of three. One, two, three. Hold it once more. And last one. Eyes up here. One, two, and three. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you again. Thank you, Commissioner McKenzie, for uh, tag teaming that. That looked and uh, worked out perfect. <laughs> All righty, we'll let our folks exit the uh, the chambers here. And our reading clerk this morning is Ms. Jessica Fanner, is that correct? We're so glad to have you this morning. And I'm going to ask you now to read the Thursday morning memo, if you would. Thursday agenda memorandum, the following are submitted for your consideration. Consent items are 1 through 40. Public hearing items are 41 through 56. Regular items are 57 through 64. I request the following withdrawals and Scrivener error corrections and inclusion of additional information. Withdrawals, deferrals, substitutions, none. Scrivener errors, item number 55. Currently reads a two-year term from September 9th, 2023 from September 8th, 2025. Should read a two-year term from September 9th, 2023 through September 8th, 2025. Additional information, item number four, the board's consideration of this item is based on the item as amended by the additional material distributed by the Office of the County Attorney. Items number five and six, the board's consideration of these items are based on the item distributed as additional material by the Office of the County Attorney. Item number 21, the board's consideration of this item is based on the substitute proposed ordinance distributed as, as additional material by the Office of the County Attorney. Item number 26 and 26 paren 2, the board's consideration of this item is based upon the motion statement as amended and the replacement exhibit number 2 distributed as additional material. Item number 35, signature pages for exhibit 1 have been received. Item number 37, the board's consideration of this item is based on the revised motion statement distributed as additional material. Item number 41, approval of this item would adopt the resolution attached as exhibit 1 to the item, thereby transmitting to their applicable state agencies the text amendment contained in attachment 1 to exhibit 1. Mayor requests without objection. Items number 58, 59, and 60 be moved to consent. Additional material regular meeting. Items 1A through 1E, board appointments. Item number four, proposed amendments to exhibit number one, paragraph three, submitted by Office of the County Attorney. Items number five and six, memo to the board regarding FADAA grant agreements, disclosure submitted by Office of the County Attorney. Item number 21, substitute proposed ordinance submitted by the Office of the County Attorney. Item number 26, revised exhibit two, submitted by the Human Resources Division. Item number 26, paren two, amended motion, Statement submitted by Mayor Lamar P. Fisher. Item number 37, memo to the board regarding revised motion A, motion statement submitted by Libraries Division. Item number 64, proposed framework for death benefits, grant program submitted by county administration. Additional material public hearing, none. Well done. Thank you. Appreciate you. Okay. We're now under our consent agenda for ask for any polls. Commissioner Bogan, do you have any polls? No, I don't. Very good. Commissioner Dean? No, sir. Senator Geller? Uh, Commissioner Furr on the phone? 
Any polls? No polls. Thank you. Commissioner Ryan? No polls. Thank you. Commissioner McKenzie? I will yield. All right. And Commissioner Rogers? Very good. Ms. Shapiro, any polls? No, sir. Okay. Mr. Myers? Very good. Mr. Melton? Very good. Can okay, I mean, the public? No polls from no the public. No polls from the public. Okay. So, Mr. Myers, set up the consent agenda for full approval. We appreciate you. Go ahead. Mayor, the uh, consent agenda for today consists of items 1 through 40 uh, plus items 58, 59, and 60. Mr. Mayor, I move approval of the consent agenda as read by the county attorney. And I will second that. Senator Geller makes the motion. Commissioner McKenzie second. Any for discussion? All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Seven, seven to zero, I guess it is. Uh, eight. eight. Can, I, can I take Commissioner Furr? Yes, eight sir. zero. Very good. Eight oh, baby. Okay. All righty. Moving quickly on. Our consent now is now completed. So we're going to move to our public hearings. Item 41 through 54, of course, are our public hearings followed by items 55 and 56 for our water control district. So our first public hearing, item number 41, Jessica. All right. The public hearing on item 41 is now open. The item 41 is a motion to adopt resolution transmitting to designated state agencies county land use plan text amendment PCT 23-2, updating policy 2.21.6 regarding climate change action plans. No members of the public have signed up to speak. Question. Okay. Public portion closed. Commission discussion. Senator Geller? Yes. Uh, I've, as I've discussed with county attorney, it's just confusing the format that these amendments are in. So I want to verify that we're voting on attachment one to exhibit A and not attachment one to exhibit two, which are one is an A and the other is a two, which you know, it's also confusing instead of A and B or one and two. But so am I correct that we're voting on attachment A to exhibit one? And th there's got to be a, way, a less confusing way of putting these in. Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, and thank you for pointing that out during briefings. We are indeed voting on the, the first one that you mentioned. It is referenced in the Monday night memo. It's the one that includes the shaded language that reinserts some provisions just for perfect clarity in the record. Uh, I get confused as to even whether it's attachment one to exhibit one or attachment one to exhibit A, but it's definitely not attachment one to exhibit two. Uh, and, and there is uh, going to be a process to put that in going forward to make sure the record's very clear. Thank you. In the, which case, Mr. Mayor, I move adoption. Second. Send together music by like Commissioner McKenzie. Uh, very vocal today. I like that. Seconds the motion. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Aye. Very good. Passes 8-0. Thank you so much. Item 42. The public hearing on item 42 is now open. Item 42 is a motion to enact ordinance adopting a small-scale amendment to the county land use plan map PC 23-3 in the city of Parkland. No members of the public have signed up to speak. Okay. Public portion Move closed. It. We have uh, Senator Geller moved it, second by Commissioner Bogan. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. 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 There we go. 8-0 passes. Thank you so much. Item 43. The public hearing on item 43 is now open. Item 43 is a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to zoning, amending various sections of Chapter 39 of the County Code of Ordinances. No members of the public have signed up to speak. Okay. Move it. Uh, public portion is now closed. Moved by Commissioner Bogan, second by Senator Geller. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. 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 
Aye. Uh, go. Opposed? 8-0. That passes. Item 44. The public hearing on item 44 is now open. Item 44 is a motion to adopt a resolution <coughs> transmitting to designated state agencies, county land use plan text amendment PCT 22-7, revising the city of Dania Beach Activity Center. No members of the public have signed up to speak. Public portion uh, closed. Move Mayor, it. Move it. Mayor, yeah. I, I wish to. Uh, He's done. Uh, Move discuss it. the item. Commissioner Ryan, go ahead before we take our motion. Go uh, ahead. I'm going to abstain from item 44. So at the last meeting on August 27th, I abstained from voting on item 34, which set today's public hearing on this item. Now this item is before us for an actual public hearing. I am abstaining. Item 44 involves a proposed land use plan amendment affecting Dania Beach Activity Center, where real property, which I have an ownership interest, is located. The proposed <laughs> land use plan amendment could financially impact the real property in which I have an ownership interest. I will therefore be leaving the dais and not voting on item 44. I ask that the minutes of the meeting please reflect that I have abstained. And thank him for that unscripted speech. Commissioner Ryan, you don't have to leave the dais, that's okay. Okay, any further discussion? Move Sir, it. Motion, motion by Commissioner Bogan, second by Senator Geller. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Aye. Oh, thank you, Commissioner Furr. So it passes a seven to and with one abstention. Thank you. Item 45. The public hearing on item 45 is now open. Item 45 is a motion to adopt resolution pertaining to the paratransit fare structure, amending section 41.04 of the county administrative code to increase the maximum amount per trip on the subsidized transportation payment card. No members of the public have signed up to speak. No port, public portion uh, closed. Uh, moved by Senator Garrett, seconded by Commissioner Rogers. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. Aye. There we go. Passes 8-0. Thank you. Item 46. The public hearing on item 46 is now open. Item 46 is a motion to adopt resolution pertaining to rates, fees, and charges at Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport, amending section 39.2 and exhibit 39.8 of the county administrative code to reflect changes to rates, fees, and charges. No members of the public have signed up to speak. Okay, public portion closed. Some commission discussion. Commissioner Bogan. Are we raising rates for parking? It's going from me. Commissioner yeah. Pirro, go ahead. So, so it, as you may recall, during um, the budget workshops for um, both the port and the airport, there were discussions about different provisions. At the airport, there is not a proposal at this time for raising of parking rates. At the port, there, there is um, a proposal. On this item, there is not at this time. Okay, let's move it. I park a lot there. I just want to know if I'm getting hit in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Moved by Commissioner Bogan, second by Senator Geller. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. 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 Okay. No oh, so we got it. Eight zero. That passes as well. Uh, item 47. The public hearing on item 47 is now open. Item 47 is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolution with, within the general fund in the amount of $608,550 to amend revenues and appropriations prior to the close of the fiscal year. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. Public portion closed. Move it. Second. It seems to be a trio or a duo here. Commissioner Bogan followed by Senator Geller. Seconds. All in favor say aye. 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 Commissioner Beam. Fur? Beam. Beam. Mr. Fur? Aye. There we go. All Aye. right. Don't break my record here. Passes 8-0. Thank you so much. Item 48. 
The public hearing on item 48 is now open. Item 48 is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolution within the special revenue funds in the amount of $34,562,289 to amend revenues and appropriations prior to the close of the fiscal year. No member of the public can sign up to speak on this item. Public portion not closed. Moved by Senator Gell, second by Commissioner McKenzie. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries 8-0. Aye. Thank you. Thank you. Item 49. The public hearing on item 49 is now open. Item 49 is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolution within the capital outlay funds in the amount of $8,397,047 to amend revenues and appropriations prior to the close of the fiscal year. No member of the public can sign up to speak on this item. Okay. Public portion closed. Commissioner Kamenzi moves it. Seconded by Commissioner Rogers. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Gyrus 8-0. Thank you. Item number 50. The public hearing on item 50 is now open. Item 50 is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolution within the enterprise funds in the amount of $92,965,600 to amend revenues and appropriations prior to the close of the fiscal year. No member of the public can sign up to speak on this item. Well, the portion not closed. Second. Senator Geller, second by Commissioner Rogers. All in favor say aye. 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 Thank you. Opposed? Motion carries 8-0. Item 51. The public hearing on item 51 is now open. Item 51 has two parts. The board will consider and vote on both parts at the same time. Part A is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolution within the internal service funds in the amount of $1,422,000 to amend revenues and appropriations prior to the close of the fiscal year. Part B is a motion to adopt supplemental budget resolution within the debt service funds in the amount of $8,391,987 to amend revenues and appropriations prior to the close of the fiscal year. And no member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. Public portion now closed. Mm -hmm. Motion. Approval. Moved by Senator Geller, second by Commissioner McKenzie. All in favor say aye. <laughs> aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 8-0. Item 52. The public hearing on item 52 is now open. Item 52 is a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to the Airport Transportation District, amending section 39-352 of the County Code of Ordinances regarding fencing and walls within buffers. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. Public portion now closed. Is there a motion? Move approval. Second. Commissioner McKenzie says yes, and <laughs> first, and Commissioner Rogers seconds the motion. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries 8-0. Thank you. Item 53. The public hearing on item 53 is now open. Item 53 is a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to floodplain management for un unincorporated Broward County, amending various sections of Chapter 5 of the County Code of Ordinances, providing requirements for coastal high hazard areas, accessory structures and agricultural structures in the flood hazard areas, and the elevation of manufactured homes in flood hazard areas. No member of the public can sign up to speak on this item. portion now closed on this item. Senator Geller. Just want to let you know, y'all should read this. Uh, it really does make some, some, some substantial changes to our development in Broward County um, pertaining to where you can build things of that because of the, uh, we're changing the, uh, the code dealing with our uh, flood elevations and uh, the flood hazard areas. So just, it's, it, uh, although we're going to pass it quickly and I'm sure unanimously, this really is significant legislation. Thank you. Any further discussion? 
Is there a motion? Move it. Second. Moved by Commissioner Bogan, second by Senator Geller. All in favor say aye. 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 Everybody else aye. Opposed? Passes 8-0 for that one as well. Before we get to item 54, because uh, I know we have a speaker for that, uh, I do want to recognize someone in our audience here today. Um, this is our own Commissioner McKenzie's pastor, senior pastor from the First Baptist Church of Piney Grove, where Dr. Ezra Tillman is visiting our county commission today. Dr. Tillman, we absolutely welcome you with open arms. Thank you for being here. Here we go. Okay, item number 54. The public hearing on item 54 is now open. The final county commission public hearing item is item 54, which is a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to emergency declarations and authorities, amending sections 8-53 and 8-56 of the county code of ordinances. One member of the public has signed up to speak, and that speaker is Chris Nelson. Mr. Nelson, please come forward. And good morning. Good morning, commissioners. Chris Nelson, Fort Lauderdale. And when I see emergency management, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going back to 2020. When you guys abuse your power to a level that has not been seen in my lifetime through a never-ending emergency order and unscientific and restrictive and punitive mandates on the public. I look at this and you want to say that the county administrator can take whatever prudent action is determined necessary to ensure the health, safety, and welfare and visitors of Broward County. Well, how did those mask mandates work out? And let me just tell you, what you guys did with your two-year-long emergency declaration, it punished the working class. You guys were fine. You guys kept your jobs. You guys kept your salaries. The laptop class did great. But guess who suffered? People in restaurants. You guys sent your thugs to come shut down restaurants, to come harass people, to put up signs on doors, instructing neighbor to snitch against neighbor if they saw somebody with a out a mask. This is unacceptable. This will never happen again. Not thanks to you, but thanks to our governor, Ron DeSantis, who has tied your hands. And none of you really had to pay any political consequences for this. Nobody really challenged you. You guys are all still sitting up here in spite of what you did to us. But under the uh, new law, you guys have uh, restrictions against you now that limit you. Uh, your um, emergencies must be narrowly tailored to serve a compelling public health or safety purpose. This is new, okay? And not based on what you think, based on reality. It also states that emergency can only be extended a total of 42 days and only by a majority vote of the governing body of the political division. You guys, the governor also um, has the authority to strike any emergency declaration that quote, unnecessarily restricts individual rights or liberties. This was put into place because of what you guys did. We can't go back to doing this again, okay? I get it, some people are germaphobes. You have a right to stay in your basement as long as you want, but you can't impose your will on the rest of us. My wife lost her life savings, my business was damaged, and for what? That's what I would like to know. And I wanna tell you this, in Florida, we are not allowing the dystopian delusions of paranoid hypochondriacs 
to control our lives or our state. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Nelson. Any further public comment? No, public, that's all. Public portion now closed. Move it. It's moved by Commissioner Bogan, seconded by Senator Gulling for discussion. Yeah, I, I, uh, I thought those were Mr. very uh, stirring remarks. And uh, you got to tell me, did you change your hair? It looks great. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Oh, excuse me, excuse me. Commissioner Furr, are you aye? He's aye, 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 aye. Commissioner Fur, are you there? Aye, 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 aye. Okay, aye, aye. very good. Motion passes eight to zero. That concludes our public hearings. We are now under our water control district's public hearing, uh, and that which addresses, of course, the appointments to the water control advisory board. So our 55A is a motion to open the meeting as the governing board of water control district number four. Second. The moved by Senator Garrett, second by Commissioner Bogan. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries 8-0. Item B is a motion to approve the reappointment of Jill Sarver to the Water Control District Number 4 Advisory Board for a two-year term Who from appointed September her? 9, 2023 from September 8, 2025. Mayor, can I just say who appointed her? One of our commissioners? Or? One of our commissioners. This is a re this is a reappointment, so somebody would have appointed in right. since conception. Would, would, so we're uh, going to get that answer. Ms. Pirro. Yes. So uh, my understanding is so this is a continuation of a reappointment. There are um, it's a three-person um, water advisory board uh, and. There are certain restrictions that about ownership of property and whatnot in the district, and it is very um, limited interest in serving on this board. And this individual has requested to be reappointed, and we're happy. I would draw my question. I, I take the hint. <laughs> Let's not move it. <laughs> moved by Commissioner Bogan, second by Commissioner Rogers. Any first question? All in favor say aye. 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 <laughs> Don't ask that question. <laughs> yeah, well, what were you getting at? Commissioner Furr? Aye. Thank you. Opposed? Motion carries 8 to 0. Is there a motion to close the meeting as the governing board of the Water Control District Move it. Number 4? Close. Moved by Commissioner Bogan, second by Commissioner McGenzie. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries 8-0. Item 56A, motion to open the meeting as the governing board of Kokomar Water Control District. Move it. I get to say it. <laughs> Move it. Second. <laughs> it's moved by Commissioner Bogan, seconded by Commissioner Udine. Item B, it's a motion to approve reappointment of Randall Blanchett to the Kokomar Water Control District Advisory Board for a two-year term from September 9, 2023, just from through September 8, 2025. Sir, Move motion. it. Moved by Commissioner Bogan, second by Senator Geller for discussion. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion passes. We're doing A and B now, we're going to do C. Bash, uh, <laughs> Move to, move to close. Move to close. Okay, a motion to have the meeting of the board of, governing board of the Kokomo Water Control District. It's been moved to close by Commissioner Bogan, second by Commissioner Dean. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Excuse me, aye is a favor. That's an 8-0 vote as well. So that ends our water control district public hearing.
Jessica, I just wanted to go through that, so I apologize for just reading those, okay? All right, so we are now on our regular agenda. Go ahead. So, item 57 is delegation, Rebecca Corder referencing the National Youth Advocate Program. Very good. Ms. Corda? Good morning. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for having me. Um, good morning. Pull that microphone down just a little bit so we can make sure we hear you. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Perfect. All right. Good morning, esteemed Broward County Commissioners, community members, and fellow advocates. I stand before you today with a deep sense of purpose and enthusiasm as I share about a program that's been making a positive impact in the lives of our youth and families, National Youth Advocate Program. As a dedicated member of this community, I believe in the power of collaboration and the importance of nurturing uh, our future generations, and National Youth Advocate Program aligns perfectly with these values. I'm here to shed light on our program with the hope that you'll help us grow by sharing the message today with your friends, family, and fellow colleagues. The National Youth Advocate Program has been a steadfast partner in providing comprehensive services to children, youth, and families in need across Broward County since 2008. As we know, our community faces various challenges that affect our youth's well-being, such as unstable living conditions, mental health struggles, and educational disparities. NIAP addresses all of these issues head-on through a holistic approach that centers around support, advocacy, and empowerment. One of the hallmarks of National Youth Advocate Program is its commitment to foster care services. I would like to dispel the myth that being a foster parent is reserved for an extraordinary person. A foster parent can be any one of us deciding to look beyond a child in crisis and see an opportunity to help a family in need. Unfortunately, we're seeing a shortage of foster homes compared to the number of children coming into foster care. Our program provides all the required trainings and guidance for prospective foster parents. We also provide personalized attention to children and um, any child's emotional, physical, and educational needs to ensure they're met on a daily basis as soon as they're placed in any of our foster <clears throat> homes. <clears throat> we also ensure that foster parents are given the necessary tools to parent successfully through a trauma-focused lens. National Youth Advocate Program doesn't just provide a temporary solution, it strives to create a nurturing environment that provides and promotes stability and resilience, allowing our youth to thrive despite challenges they may face. Additionally, National Youth Advocate Program uh, extends its reach beyond the foster care system. We also have outpatient mental health services and community respite programs that focus on strengthening families and preventing unnecessary removals of children from our homes and the community. By, by offering counseling, skill building, and resources, National Youth Advocate Program equips parents and guardians with the tools they need to provide a safe, supportive environment for their children. What truly sets NIAP apart is its dedication to community partnership. We jointly work with Broward County School System, Guardian Ad Litem Program, ChildNet, and many other organizations to enrich the lives of the families we serve. We provide a comprehensive network of support and this collaborative spirit aligns perfectly with Broward County's commitment to working together to create a brighter future for its residents. In closing, I urge you, esteemed commissioners, to share this message. If you or someone you know is interested in serving a youth in need, please contact us at 877-NIAP-CAN or visit our website at niap.org. Children belong in the least restrictive, uh, most family-like setting available to them, and by spreading this message, you're supporting NIAP's mission, vision, and values, 
and you're not only investing in the well-being of our youth, but also contributing to the overall strength and vitality of Broward County. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Thank you Ms. Corder, for the valuable information. We appreciate that. Thank you, Thank you so much. Okay, item number 61. Item number 61 is a motion to discuss results of PFAS testing undertaken by Commissioner Bogan. And we'll turn no. that over to Commissioner Bogan. Mayor, in, in an effort to make it so this will be the shortest meeting in the history of meetings, um, I'm going to um, just say real quickly that uh, the testing all finished, and I'm going to push this to our next meeting. I'd like to push this for our next meeting. <laughs> and uh, I do want to tell you that the bottled waters, that six of them were che checked, not one of them, all of them came clean with uh, no PFAS. The cities that we did had issues, but uh, uh, I would like to talk about next meeting. Very good, Commissioner Bogan. Thank you. Thank you. How do, we, how do I do that? Uh, it's, uh, Mayor, it's withdrawn, and, and we'll just make sure it's back on the agenda. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it doesn't need to vote for that. Okay. Thank you. Okay, item 64, turn over to Ms. Sapiro after we read it. Item 64 is a motion to discuss and direct county administration to take appropriate action regarding the creation of a formal program to provide death benefits for Broward County law enforcement officers and firefighters who were killed in the line of duty in Broward County. Thank you, Jessica. Ms. Sapiro? Yes, thank you, uh, Mr. Mayor. So back in April, um, Commissioner Bogan brought an item to the board to discuss um, and direct uh, myself to bring something back to this body related to uh, creation of a kind of a formal program for uh, death benefits, to provide death benefits for uh, um, Broward County law enforcement officers and firefighters who are killed in the line of duty here in Broward County. So um, what we had done is, um, um, as I had shared with you during some of the budget discussions, I, was, um, I have uh, recommended amount in our budget um, for a recurring basis, uh, a small amount, which you see in the, in the um, agenda summary there, um, to accommodate that type of um, program. So um, what you will see as additional material that we distributed, I believe, late last evening, is kind of a proposed framework for what we would envision that could look like. It's largely um, and loosely based on something that we had um, done some research on with the Department of Justice and how these types of things are, are looked at and analyzed um, around the country. Um, obviously, these are some suggestions. Um, while bringing this forward to you today in this format instead of after October 1st when it was um, initially contemplated to bring forward to you in light of uh, some recent unfortunate events here uh, in Broward County. Um, clearly, we will be working closely with uh, Drew and the county attorney's office on, on making sure uh, everything stays within the legal parameters that um, we are, are, are free to work within. Um, as it relates to potential any other issues that we may come across with unions or otherwise. So we want to make this uh, quick, sweet, and bring it back to you all, but I wanted to bring this forward to you so to get some feedback to see if there's anything either today on the dais or individually you can come to us Mayor. as we fine-tune this um, program. Um, and, and lastly, what I would like to share is that um, obviously the intent would be, if the board so chooses, that we would make whatever program immediately retroactive, retroactive. to to um, accommodate um, the unfortunate accident that happened last week. So with that, I'm willing to listen to any feedback, um, either now or individually, you can get back to me. <coughs> we'll turn this around quickly and bring back a formal program to put that into motion. Followed by Commissioner Bogan, followed by Senator Geller. So on April 4th, 
Um, we, we voted, and, and Senator Geller co-sponsored this matter, um, and basically it was in the summary explanation background, county administrator, it says that we are going to provide surviving spouse or children uh, of, those, of those law enforcement or firefighters killed in line of duty one year, 12 months of funds used toward their mortgage payment, property taxes, or rent. It was not for you to bring back a program. The motion to motion discuss and direct was to take appropriate action with regards to providing death benefits, and those benefits we all agreed would be to pay their rent, mortgage, and taxes. Because they get benefits, but it takes them a long time because of all the federal requirements. Now you're going talking about a federal program, which gets it into me in the bureaucracy. They need to make payments immediately. They need someone that can act quickly. You can act within 24 hours once we find out. I, I just think you, you, you want to go by federal guidelines. Now, we never asked for that. The thing was, somebody dies in the line of duty. That spouse is going to need a rent check. And they don't get money, from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, they don't get benefits anywhere between 30 and 120 days going through federal and state stuff. So I thought here we'd be kind of somebody that can act quickly. And, 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 and then you put in here fixed amount. Uh, I don't know what the rent's going to be. It's two grand a month. It's 24,000. If it's three grand a month, it's 36,000. Um, you know, so m my issue with this is we were going to hopefully be somebody on the local level that can act quickly, somebody that can pay that rent. And then I know that you talked to me on the phone and said, well, what if there is no rent? What if they paid their mortgage? What if they paid their taxes? Do we want to still provide them something? Well, we didn't talk about that at this point. All my concern, my first thought was learning that it gets a while to get their benefits. Who's paying their rent? Who's paying their mortgage taxes for a year? Give them some relief. So I think it's timing for you. You want to make sure it's almost yeah, immediate on our right, end. Right, not where they got to fill out an application. You put in here, got to fill an application, and then it comes back, and then you, HR is going to study it. HR can, I mean, you get buried in somewhere. Someone's going to need help. They don't fill out an application. The gentleman that, that passed away in the helicopter crash, I'm sure we could find out within one day calling the sheriff, tell us some information and then decide how we want to do that. But I, I understand your point was, well, what if there is no mortgage taxes or a mortgage or rent? What do we want to do that? Mm -hmm. That's something we didn't discuss. And, you know, I just hope you guys don't go to some program where they got to fill out applications and then we got to go and investigate and see. And it's just, you know, it just to me. I think what Ms. Sapir's item is, is obviously get input from this skeleton here and then she can come back with it. But it's a good point, Commissioner. Very good point. Um, but I didn't want to cut you off. Are you? No, no. I'm, okay. I'm, I'd like to hear what everybody yeah, else Yeah, we're going to continue on with discussion. Senator Geller? Um, I agree in part with Commissioner Bogan and disagree in part. I agree with him on the part that whatever we're doing needs to be paid promptly. Uh, I, I agree with you. That is an issue that, that occurs. Um, I did have a couple questions and concerns. One, um, I think that we're talking relatively modest sums. I think what we're talking about is uh, $25,000 total per death. At least that was on the proposed. Uh, let, let me finish, Commissioner. Okay. At least that's on the proposal that we have. I would not be supportive 
Uh, and I don't think that we should say it can only be paid for uh, rent for this, that frequently they're going to need it for final burial expenses, things like that. So uh, whatever number it is, I think we should just say that this is an additional benefit from the county. It will be very rare because fortunately we don't have that many officers or firefighters killed in the line of duty. And when we're talking about that, then you know, I think we should be giving the additional benefits. When I was in the Senate, I passed similar legislation saying that any uh, firefighter or police officer killed in the line of duty, that their surviving spouse or children could get free college tuition in, in Florida. So trying to make sure that the death of a breadwinner would not, uh, would not prevent their spouse or children from going to college. So, I mean, we've done that. I am supportive of this. I just, uh, and this is where I would disagree with Mr. Bogan that I don't think, and I, if you were saying this, I don't think it should be, I agree with you, it needs to be prompt. I don't think it should be limited to, you know, only mortgage payments or whatever. Whatever the number is, you know, it's a small thing. County attorney, when we are defining killed in the line of duty, uh, I assume that this is referring to something where there's, you know, a shooting, a crash, something like that, and we're not saying, well, they were exposed 40 years ago to something, and now 40 years later when they passed away, there's a claim that that was because it was in the line of duty. It, it, how, how are we defining in the line of duty. Yeah, and Senator, we, we just saw this also late yesterday. Uh, I do have notes from the board's discussion when I discussed it a few months back. Uh, there was discussion about, you know, potentially some sort of, you know, disease or condition that was a hazard uh, from that position, but there was also a short temporal component. I had in my notes one year, uh, but these are all policy decisions. And, and as the county administrator mentioned, we're happy and ready to work with them to finalize this. We do not see a lot of legal obstacles here. We think that any could be easily navigated, and, and this could be simplified to avoid some. So uh, we're happy to happy to work on that. Okay, well, if I, these are my personal recommendations. Number one, it be made retroactive to the date of Commissioner Bogan's. I believe you said that was April. April fourth. That this that this be made retroactive to April fourth, uh, which I believe deals with uh, Ms. Sapero's issue, I don't believe that with the exception of the recent airplane crash. I mean, I hope that that's the only person it affects. Maybe there's been one other, but to be made retroactive to April 4th, the date that the commission passed this, number one. Number two, that it be a fixed amount and we can discuss what that amount is and that that would go, and I have no problem with the priority which is, you know, spouse and dependent children, then spouse, then dependent children, et cetera. There's a list of seven people in priority. I've got no problem with that order of priority, but I think it should be a fixed sum, go to them as quickly as possible so that it can be used for whatever expenses, which candidly will include, you know, final expenses. Um, and, um, I would like to know that there is some, I, I favor a broad definition, but a short time period. So 
perhaps one year, perhaps two years, no more than probably two years. Hi, Mayor. Um, and uh, that it be fixed uh, at, at that level. But again, if it's toxic exposure or something like that, but it's within the year or two of the of that. And uh, those are my suggestions. Very good. Before we continue on, I just want to recognize uh, Mayor Ryan from Dania Beach. Thank you much for joining us. We appreciate you and all you do for us. Thank you. Appreciate you. Okay. Mayor, Mayor, Mayor can I? Uh, oh, I'm going to have. Okay, you didn't return my call. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm going to let Commissioner Bogan respond before I go to Commissioner Ryan, okay? Thank you. Um, I'm good with a set amount. Uh, that's fine. I, th I think the set amount should probably be closer to 50000 um, because if property taxes and uh, rent would probably max that out. Um, I wouldn't be giving, this is not for a, an insurance policy. You give to parents and adult non-dependent children, and this is to help them right away. And I think the first three might be, you know, you give it to the spouse first, and then maybe spouse and kids if they're not living together, and then dependent children. I don't see why we're making this like an insurance policy. It wasn't meant that way. If you guys want to be more generous, great. But I was four, five, six, seven. This is not an insurance policy. It was really to help them out right away if they get killed in the line of duty. And if you want to do a fixed amount, I would suggest what we talked about at our first meeting when we voted on it was 50000 Mr. Mayor, if I just okay, might hold, add a clarifying point, um, Commissioner Bogan, I just want to make sure um, for the, for everyone to understand, this is the order of who would get the payments, because for example, with the gentleman um, that would be eligible um, that deceased last week, he's not married. So then, and if so, spouse went first, it would be number two. Two would be one. He is not married. Then the dependent children would get it. That that's that's the order the, of the watershed. That, right, but that's I, I would switch. Two, I would be switching two and one. I don't know if you guys would agree, but the spouse, I think, who takes care of the kid. I mean, I'd give the spouse the hundred percent. If she there's no spouse, then I'd give it dependent children. And, and also, commissioner, we found some instances that, for example. They may be remarried, and the original, um, the parent, the other parent of the children, maybe would be taking care of the children. So there's a lot of different scenarios and things that we we foresee that might be circumstances that we might not think of right um, off the bat, that we already found in this particular situation, and that's why we went to a, the watershed, which is based on some other programs we've seen. Um, again, I just a waterfall. Sorry, I always call it the <laughs> wrong word. Um, the order of the of, of who do you go to for the payments and that's the only reason those okay. are listed as examples okay okay on to commissioner ryan when this was brought up in april i thought it was a a good idea i'm very comfortable with the amount and uh most importantly that you know the benefits be available okay. you know within i guess 20 or 30 days um after the um Law enforcement officer or firefighter is uh, is killed in the line of duty. It's the definition of killed in the line of duty that you know. I just I want to clarify because I I think frequently you could have um, you know a uh, police officer or a firefighter that uh, encounters you know a very um, stressful incident and uh, you know may may die the following day. Or, or may you know suffer a heart attack and die you know a month later or something like that. So as long as we can can um, you know connect up that nexus, 
you know, killed in the line of duty. And um, I think, you know, Commissioner Geller actually brought it out. You know, what happens if somebody is exposed to, uh, you know, some environmental hazard that brings about, um, you know, um, injury, disease, or death? Uh, you know, what, what's, what's the situation going to be if somebody, you know, uh, you know, contracts cancer and um, we're, you know, we're exposed to, to something, maybe, you know, a, um, you know, a fire where they were, you know, uh, working inside a building that had, uh, you know, hazardous chemicals or, you know, uh, you know, building that's, you know, the roof structure is filled with asbestos and, you know, you get exposed to that, but you don't actually uh, suffer the ailment for maybe months afterwards. And, uh, you know, who's going to make that decision about the correlation or the nexus between the injury that leads to death, you know, and, um, you know, some other, some other uh, causation. So, you know, I, uh, I actually defer to you, uh, Commissioner Bogan. I mean, what would you like as far as how broad would you like to have the circumstances by which, you know, uh, somebody would be eligible? Commissioner Bogan? Um, I, again, I would, it was only intended for those people who were at work and got, and they were killed during, in the line of duty. If they get shot at work and the next day they die, they're killed in the line of duty. If they get uh, in a fire and smoke inhalation and they die two days later from that fire, they were get killed. But something that happened 20 years ago, you know, 30 years ago, I think that's taking on a lot for our taxpayers, and it's not something, you know, that they have civil remedies for that and other issues. This was mainly for people who are killed in, killed in the line of duty. Commissioner, Commissioner Dean. Thank you. First of all, I'm in favor of the concept of this, and I think it's smart that we do this. The problem always comes when we have to put pen to paper, and I, what I say here is, here's what I think my opinion is on this. We can't do this by just calling the sheriff, hey, did this person die? Was he a sh did he? There's got to be a process that has to be filed, and once anything goes into the hands of government, it gets majorly screwed up because that process, and I'm not blaming government, but there has to be a process. You could look at, at any time the government rolls out a program, because I can think just in this conversation of about 40 issues that I've just heard. When, when the county gives the check to this person, are they cashing it, are they taking it? Does that, is that a set off now in the lawsuit that they're eventually gonna bring? These are major and real legal issues that we're gonna have. What I think we should do, because I know you've budgeted 50,000 for this, there is a charitable organization, be it United Way, be it the Sheriff's Advisory Fund, put 50000 in the budget, earmark it to United Way. We want this $50,000 to go to Broward officers that get hurt, injured or killed in the line of duty for whatever reason. That's the exposure. They handle the application. What happens if you're a Miramar police officer, you're a resident of the city of Miramar, and you are a police officer in the North Miami Beach Police Department and you get killed in the line of duty. Is that covered under here? I'm not questioning what we do, how we do it, but the thing is once we get into this as a county commission, we are going to mess it up. And it's never going to be done the right way. There's going to be a multitude of legal issues, um, reimbursement issues, court issues. Is a lawyer going to let if I'm a lawyer and some of these 
high-profile cases, I'm not letting my client cash this. I agree with you. We should do this. We're the wrong agency. Take 50000 a year, give it to the Sheriff's Advisory Council, tell them to come up with a plan. Nothing goes for administration. Nothing goes for anything. But they have a policy with what happens if, a, if an officer is killed and Broward County does their thing. The other thing I think we should do, no matter what we do, no matter how we do this, we should voluntarily ask the municipalities if they would like to kick some money in to do this too, because these are municipal police forces in many cases. If a Lazy Lake police officer, I don't even know if they have a police force, maybe their commission wants to, to do this. Now, I know that they don't, that's why I'm saying it like that. I'm not picking out a police force, but the municipals, I, I, I know that they're not going to want to do it, or, or they may want to do it, they may not want to budget for it, they may just want us to pay the dollars. We should do this, it's important to do this, it's an important benefit, but we're the wrong agency to do it. Let's give the money and get it to the person who needs it. Okay. Yes, Senator Geller? Um, when I read this and it said Broward County Law Enforcement and Fire Rescue, I thought we were limiting that to specifically BSO, uh, Broward County uh, employees, as opposed to municipal employees. I don't think so. I think I, and would. if Commissioner Udin, who's a lawyer, and I'm a lawyer, and we have different potential uh, definitions, then it's clearly not clear, and we do need this at least clarified. And I also further agree with Commissioner Udin that based on the issues that have come up and based on the fact that we will make this retroactive to April 4th, I think that it, whatever we do has to be drafted by the county attorney so that we know, have something in front of us that we're voting on. I'm glad Commissioner Bogan brought this important issue back up, but I don't think we're voting on it today. I think we're no, giving direction discuss, discuss to the county direction. attorney. Correct. Okay, so right. in that yep. case, so I think you're feeding I all the feedback. I get back to your earlier question. Is this only county employees or any law enforcement firefighter in the county? It's uh, Commissioner Bogan, I'll let you answer that. Um, in the agenda item that was voted on unanimously by everybody, um, it says that uh, an officer firefighter killed in line of duty within 12 months. Um, Broward County honor the sacrifice that law enforcement officers and firefighters doesn't say who they're working for it says here in Broward so County. it opens up to all okay. municipalities and I don't know how you can do that the, the dollar that's coming to pay is from cities that have BSO and the dollar also has people that don't have BSO so I think you cannot you know I, I, it was for anybody any law enforcement firefighter in Broward County um, that's number one number two uh, with all due respect to Commissioner Udine um, I think we can do some things competently, and I don't think that there is a million issues here. I think that it's quite simple. If there's a lawsuit, you know, you're referring to a lawsuit, I don't see, if it's a set off, it's a set off. That has nothing to do with us. It'll be handled in court. If, if there's, you know, the question is, uh, it's, it's simple. I mean, it's, it comes down to helping the family in a time of need. And I, I just don't see us, uh, uh, BSO or some other doing it more competently than us, but we understand. Uh, we, we voted on this already, yeah. and 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 I didn't bring this by the way today. 
I, I know, Ms. Superior brought it forward yeah. based on our actions that we did back on April 4th and due to the accident that has just occurred with Mr. Jackson. So, so Mayor, I wasn't finished. So the rest of my comments are, I don't think this should be precluded only to Broward County BSO people. If it's a law enforcement officer, it's a law enforcement. This could be the, the federal agent that lived in Broward County that served the subpoena a couple years ago and got shot in Sunrise. That person theoretically has the same issues that they should be compensated. What I am saying is, and I stand by this, maybe this is a simple, easy type thing, but I don't even think we're going to know like, who the people are that we have to give the money to. And I think, it be, I think it's a real thing. If, if somebody dies, what, what, maybe their parents take care of them. Maybe their children take care of them. But what if there's competing claims? I agree. Give them the money. Get, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, but. Uh, hold on, hold, hold on, Commissioner Bogan. Commissioner Bogan, you need your microphone on. Right. So, so I pass away right now. You're going to okay. find out if I'm married. Within one day, they're going to know if I'm married and if I have okay. kids, minor dependents, but if I'm married. Two, you pass away. Anyone passes away. It's not that difficult to find out from an employer if the person's married or not married, if they have dependents. Uh, you know, you're making I, it seem... I, I agree, but it becomes much more difficult. Just look at every What's piece difficult? of jurisprudence when you talk about workers' compensation claims, when you talk about personal injury claims. It becomes a little bit more different. I don't want it to be different. That's why I'm saying give it to the United Way or to one of the charities. They can do this. They can have a process that the government doesn't have to be involved, and it gets the person the money faster. Aren't there people that are geared up to do this? We don't really, I've seen what we're doing with our rent programs. When people come in and say they have a backlog of rent and we need to get the rental money to them, it's a complicated thing. Okay. Well, I but, think, I think what, what but, Mr. But I'm, I'm supportive of it. I want to see what they can come up. And I've, like I said, I vote in favor of it. I want to give these dollars to the person that needs it, but I want to make sure A, it gets to the right person, and B, that so there's. What you're saying is that the county administrator and her team yeah. can't. Microphone. Saying, let's just be straight. Okay. What you're saying is the county administrator, or her team, people can't find the right person and can't execute a check within 30 days to the right people. That's basically what you're what saying. What I'm saying is, so the county administrator calls the person who dies, parent, spouse, or whatever. They then have employer. to employer. Who is there? Who is the person that's responsible to get this money? Who pays the rent? Do they live at home with their parents? Do the parents get it? Is there a child? No, that no. Gets she it? simplified everything. Oh. One hundred percent goes 50, under this thing. Okay. The uh, one dollar. If there's one dollar, fifty cents goes to the dependent children. Fifty cents goes to the surviving spouse. Or hundred percent okay. goes to the surviving spouse. That's it. Done. Perfect. Spouse, sounds, dependent children. Sounds very simple. I'm sure that our county administrator can handle it. Yeah. So you'll bring us back the ordinance, and I'm sure this is going to be a super easy thing. I look forward to voting for it. I support it. And I think Mr. Myers here and all this obviously will we'll, uh, dissect it and figure out to make it simple as possible right. as we can, okay? Yeah, Mayor, as, as I said before, I don't think the legal side needs to be complicated. I think right. we have to structure it in a way that's most advantageous mm -hmm. for the surviving family. Uh, there are still some open policy things. Everyone's pointed out things that are, that are difficult to sort through. Uh, but uh, we can work with county administration. We could get this thing finalized, I would think, within the next 15 to 20 days, or maybe sooner. Uh, it'll be a top priority. We'll bring it back to you. We'll get it uh, voted upon. We'll make it retroactive uh, in the draft, and uh, we look forward to wrapping it up.
Okay, Bishop Quincy has not spoken yet before Senator Geller, okay? Just, just, just quickly, um, I think by sending it back and letting staff look at it, I think we're gonna flush out a lot of our um, questions if we use the current um, um, death of the paramedic, the helicopter, you're gonna find a lot of these uh, variables in there that we talked about. I think that's a good template to work out our concerns. So I think when you come back, you may have all the answers based on this scenario. Okay, Mr. Myers, you wanted to jump in on that? And then Mayor, I just wanted to point out, and it's something that, that uh, Renee and I had talked about uh, earlier uh, today, uh, what probably makes sense is to sit down with the county administration based upon this discussion and to give you sort of a matrix. Do you want A or B? Mm -hmm. You walk through it. Rather than put it into an ordinance or into a program right away, it's kind of a term sheet. Mm -hmm. And I think most of it is pretty clear. We can have a proposal. Most of it's on the policy side. We're going to try to keep it simple, fast, and as advantageous as possible uh, for the person that would be receiving it. Makes and, sense. And, and I agree. I want to finish it. And I agree. But here again, if we use the current situation, we've Which already, we've already lost seven days right. um, to try to figure this out. Um, so we need to figure it out as quickly as possible with those scenarios and, and be reaching out to this family since it's going to be retroactive to see what can we do or what can we replace as soon as we figure it out. And we already know those variables, Commissioner McKenzie, we do, uh, being close to the situation, we do know those, which you're right, I think it's a great template to use because it has so many different variables in it. Uh, I've got Senator Geller followed by Commissioner Bogan. This is round three or four. Round okay. And <laughs> I, I was going to say before uh, Drew said what he did, that there are a couple of policy questions. I've listened carefully to all of my colleagues and what I think I've heard as an emerging consensus is Fixed amount, 50000 number one. Number two, with the exception of Commissioner Udy, and I think that there is a desire to have the county administrator handle this, that number three, that this would apply to all law uh, enforcement officers and firefighters that uh, at least are working for a Broward County agency there is a question of if you're working for a Broward agency or you, and you live in Dade, or if you live in Broward but are killed in Dade, whether or not this would apply. Uh, I would recommend that this apply to people working for any law enforcement or fire agency in Broward County. Correct. So I see, so that's also appears to be consensus. Number four, I think you should limit or define the term killed in the line of duty to something that is one year. So if they are exposed to a toxic chemical and, you know, four months later they die from it, that that would apply. But if it, what the exposure was 10 years ago, that it would not. That And number five, that contrary to the 30 days that we try and get these checks out, as soon as possible, because they may be needed for funeral expenses, which may not wait that long. So we'd like to see this within a few days, uh, which would give people a opportunity 
uh, for give the county administrator the opportunity to check with the law enforcement agency and get all of this information on who the beneficiary should be. That appears to me, if anybody disagrees, please let me know. But okay. I think that reflects the consensus of I, what I, I've heard. I disagree with one thing. I'm okay with the county administrator doing it. I was asked to provide some context on this, so I was trying to give some what I think are better practice, but I just don't want to walk out. If the county administrator is doing it, I support it. I vote for this. I'm good with this. The county administrator has heard all thoughts in here in discussion that they can incorporate what we feel. Last but not least, um, I just want to make sure I got what we talked about earlier. If there is no surviving spouse and no surviving minor children, dependent children, there is no benefit except if we want to maybe have for funeral, which now you're talking 10,000 or less, but I'm not saying we should give 50 grand. Now let's find somebody else to give the 50 grand, some parents or somebody else out there. It goes to surviving spouse, dependent children, and then, and then if there is none, like the gentleman who passed away recently, then can we help with the, the burial? That's it. And that's where Understood. I would be limiting it. Understood. From if I might clarify, just to ask a further question. So in a scenario, and I just want to make sure I'm clear, so when we go back to draft this with the attorneys, we know the direction clearly of this board. So in a circumstance where an individual is killed in the line of duty, they don't have a spouse, they don't have children, but maybe they live with their parents and they are the sole breadwinner for that family and they are killed in the line of duty yeah. if they live with their parents, so you would is the direction not to go beyond the spouse and children. You would want that. Well, well, if you want, I'm, I'm happy uh, with that. We just want to make sure we but, have the you know, clear in these, parameters. In these exceptions, maybe bring it to, I don't know, is bring it to the board. Hey, we got a, a unique situation here. Right. You, you could guys do that. want to do that. You could do that. You know, on unique situations, you could bring it. We meet every month except the summer. But, I mean, we meet twice a month, you know. But bring it, unique situations, bring it to the board. Okay. Mr. Myers, do you want to chime in here before we wrap it up? Yeah, and, and you can have it come back to you, or you can just have those main categories and then say, or such other circumstances where there's a dependency, a financial dependency, for example, the, the parents, as determined by the county administrator. We don't want this to, you know, to have appeals, and we, like we just want better. to make it very clear. Good compromise, Mr. And, Myers. And, and just to ask, when you say spouse, do you also want registered domestic partners, I'm assuming? Correct. Okay, just make Correct. it sure. Okay, thank you. Okay. Commissioner Fur, did you? I, I haven't ignored you. I just haven't heard you. Did you have any further comments? Um, not really. I think everybody's covered it pretty well. Um, I, I, I mean, part of me was. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go okay. ahead. Um, because I don't know the extent of what, of you know, death benefits that we provide and and when salaries stop and all those kind of things. There's some, there, I have some questions there where they may take hold, but other than that, I think you all have covered it very well. Very good. I'm just going to wrap up with one other comment. Oh, sorry, Commissioner Rogers. On the comment, I'm glad we added domestic partners, and that, I think that's fair. Very okay? good. Not very everyone good. wants to be married, but they, everyone does have someone that they care about, live with, that influence their lives, and playing that role. So, Absolutely true. You. Good point. Um, I think the discussion was healthy and well. I think everybody has their direction. Uh, Ms. Sapiro? Yes, I just wanted to thank the, the uh -huh. board for their comments. I know this is, it seems very simple, but it is very complex and can be. So um, as, as uh, witnessed by these comments, and thank you all. And thank you, Mr. Mayor.
I just want to also uh, make note uh, and thank uh, Sheriff Tony and the Broward Sheriff's Office for their generosity to pay for Miss Wheaton's funeral arrangements. Uh, they stepped in and they did that. So I want to thank them for that. My understanding is they did that. So on behalf of Miss Wheaton's family, we appreciate them for that. Okay, that concludes our agenda. We are now under our non-agenda slash commissioner reports. And who do we begin with today? Commissioner Dean. I have no comments. Okay. Other than to wish everybody a happy holiday coming up if they celebrate. Commissioner Ryan, do you have any uh, reports? No, no comments for you. Very good. Commissioner Bogan. Uh, just wanted to let everybody know that uh, on the health program, which is going on right now, the numbers are incredible. And the, what I mean by that is um, nearly 50% of everybody going through it is seeing, uh, being required to see a doctor. And um, if I do shoot, uh, if we do another commercial, would you guys like to be in it? We would oh, yeah. like to be joining you in the background. Would you like to join yes. me in it? Yes, yeah, at least in the, have us in the background, sir. The county minister thinks that I think that uh, I, I need to maybe have all you guys. We all can talk. We could say we. We. I'd love it. Okay. Okay. So I'll, just I'll, have okay. a portrait of all of us in the background, and then you could be in the front. <laughs> no, I don't think they want that anymore. I think. We could all be right. the extra, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take you up on that. I'm gonna call you guys. Thank you, Commissioner Bogan. Can I do that? I can call them. We're not voting. No, no, we will not have you call us. We will have someone coordinate that, sir. <laughs> I answered that for Mr. Myers. <laughs> Commissioner McKenzie. The reason why I um, had my pastor here today, he's new in town. He's new at our church, and I wanted him to see uh, the people I work with, the people that move this county forward. So that's why uh, I invited him today to see what, what I do and what who is working for this county, but the, the church is located over in Lauderdale Lakes on Oakland Park. They were once housed here in the historic Dorset Riverbend, but they built a church out there about 16 years ago in Oakland Park, but he is the new leader, uh, new pastor uh, of that church, and I just wanted him to be introduced today. And the other comment I would have, just a question for Monica. Um, I know I brought up the PACE program and Y-Green a while back, and you all went back and and did some research uh, both from the attorney's office and you brought information back to me, but I, I was in receipt of a, I guess a um, explanation of PACE, no longer having an interlocal agreement with us from you. Can, can you explain, do you wanna see it? Yeah, I need to see that and I might be able to, if possible, Maybe to have a chance and, to and look my, at my it. My point is, I know you looked at it and these, these, these programs are promoting that they're, they're with Broward County uh, in terms of uh, doing home repairs and a lot of our seniors are being misled uh, uh, with their practices and we said we would look at it and, and try to disassociate ourselves uh, with it, but PACE is, is, is one of those and the way I read this is, they're no longer, we're no longer supporting or participating. Can you help Mr. me? Mr. Myers, can yeah, you jump and, in on and there? I, and we've been working with the county attorney's office on this, and Drew, I don't know if you wanted to opine on the legal side of that, and we're working on the education side of that okay. for, um, for, for residents. But Drew, if you want to talk about the legal side. Sure, thank you. So periodically, Commissioner McKenzie, as you know, uh, mailings go out or emails go out that misuse uh, our logo or imply mm -hmm. some sort of endorsement or affiliation with the county. Uh, the board actually 
uh, gave us some direction a week ago to, to reinforce our uh, ordinances to try to limit that a little bit more. We do mm -hmm. move forward with cease and desist orders. There is one entity uh, that uh, either terminated or allowed to expire in interlocal mm -hmm. agreement that it had with the county that we've been asking for. Uh, we had a conversation with them. Uh, it was either earlier this week or late last week that was in the context of potential litigation and settlement. So I'd rather discuss it with you uh, privately. However, I will tell you that they that folks do seem amenable to re-entering into that agreement. Uh, it would require them to uh, use disclosures of certain types, a certain font size to make clear what the risks are. We can also add per, uh, perhaps more clearly that they have to make clear expressly that they're not affiliated with the county. Those are things that we're looking right. at right now, but we do recognize the problem. There is litigation in the state mm -hmm. uh, against other entities. Uh, it's, it's a little bit complicated, and because of the potential for litigation, I'd rather address it with you uh, privately. And I get that, but my, my thing is, um, if we're not affiliated with these entities, but yet still you can take that money and put, and, 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 and put it on your taxes, that you pay to Broward County um, still sends to me a mixed signal or, or message that the, the county is involved. And I know it's everything we do is legal, it, it, but yeah. we have seniors that are being preyed upon right now, not only by these two entities that I know that we blessed at some point because we thought it was a good idea. Present In the present time, looking at it, um, I've seen people get hurt in these programs because they did not understand the legal piece of it. And that's the only reason why I brought it to our attention so that we can get as far away as we can from it so we won't even have a situation like this um, where it's legal and you gotta have a sidebar with me. I, I want to address it. If we're in, we're in. If we're out, we're out. I, I think, Mr. Myers, I think it's said enough here that it, we don't want to get into an issue where we're talking. Ms. Shapiro, again, short and sweet. Yes, sir. And um, I believe, I know Dr. Harado is set to brief you on this on Monday, okay. um, was the first availability that you guys could connect um, together with your schedules. So, um, and, and we're also wanted to make sure you knew that we, um, our team has already been printing. We've got um, door hangers in the print shop right now to educate, um, to go out into the <clears throat> unincorporated area um, on this very issue. So I'm hoping, hoping that during that briefing, you'll have a little more comfort as well. So the only area we can go in is unincorporated? We can't? No, I, I just, we wanted to make sure we were addressing the, the, the body that you all serve as the municipal yeah. government. I, I get that part, but we also have other, just like yes, sir. the benefit. Uh, we made it all law no. enforcement. So my point is, I have North Lauderdale, Tamarack, I have all these other cities, Pompano, and I'm getting complaints from all of these folks about this, this program and other programs. Uh, but the two in particular that we have done something with in the past, and I want to send a message to everyone uh, in terms of uh, where we are in the educational piece, like, like I spoke of earlier. So how will we work it out? I'm, I'm not trying to, to uh, tell you how to do it, but I want everyone to be able to be educated on uh, the separation of these two entities. Understood. Thank you, Commissioner. Senator Geller? A couple quick items. First, uh, Commissioner McKenzie, in uh, follow-up on what you're saying, I'll talk to you in a moment. Uh, the uh, Commissioner McKenzie set 
Commissioner McKenzie, Senator Geller is speaking. Okay, Commissioner McKenzie, the, uh, you should also be aware that there is currently a, a litigation uh, involving whether or not we can keep our consumer protection laws that we have about PACE, and the county attorney can brief you on that. I chair the Community and Urban Affairs Committee of Florida Association of Counties, and this is one of the items on our agenda is PACE. Actually, we have two separate items on that, so um, county attorney can tell you about that. What, I would, but uh, I can't. Well aware right. okay. of that, but my, my issue is still the same, uh, that I'm getting the phone calls, and it, it just did start when I got here nine months right. ago. Uh, I've been dealing with this for the last eight years uh, in terms of how folks are being misled. I, I, I understand, and I've had some of the same calls. Secondly, I was at the Broadview Park Homeowner Association earlier this week. Uh, I just want to, those of you that don't have large unincorporated areas, please remember for Commissioner McKenzie and I and anyone else that, you know, the unincorporated areas that we are the local government. I feel a much greater responsibility for Broadview Park than I do for any of my cities because I'm the only elected official they have. They don't have the two layers of government. So I'm there more than I am in some of the cities. And please remember that Commissioner McKenzie and I, I think, share mostly, I think, the largest unincorporated areas in the county. And finally, there was a lot of discussion on trying to get more funding for cultural. Uh, I know some of us do have leftover office account dollars. I've taken uh, my office account dollars, this will come up at the next meeting, and am directing leftover office account dollars to the Broward County Cultural Division. So some of you that do have I personally think, I know others may disagree, that if you have leftover dollars, it should only go to county agencies because it's county tax dollars. I, re I fully recognize some people may disagree. But so I've taken my money and put it towards the cultural division. If you have leftover dollars and you do care and that think we need more spending, I would urge you to do the same thing towards the uh, cultural division, and that's all, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. Thank you, Senator. Commissioner Rogers. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Colleagues, um, I'm going to give mine to kids that are traveling to Tallahassee for Children's Week. That's something I do and want to continue doing. So, thank you for what you're doing with yours, um, Mr. Mayor. I I've been traveling around talking about the foreign trade zone, the offsite foreign trade zones, and I'm realizing that we need to really invest, talk about it, have booklets or whatever it takes. I was in whatever it takes to get that information out. Realtors aren't aware. Most property owners are not aware. And I know I was with a group just yesterday, and the information we shared was well received. So, but I learned a lot that we could be doing a lot more and we'll be talking to staff continuously about off-site foreign trade zone and the reason they were established in the first place. Are they, do we see the return on the investment? Are we truly sure that folks know about it? When we go on trade missions, is that on the list of things 
that we are going to promote about Broward County. And, you know, just by talking to those that are doing these things, we find out what they're doing that we are not doing. So that is that for me and, of course, will continue my advocacy for my seniors who are having hardships with their assessments and being out of home and the high costs for just food in general and the fact that we just need to come up with a solution or to have conversation as a county as to how we're going to keep folks in their homes and also to harden our condos. So you'll hear me talk about that all the time until we come up with a solution. Thank you very much, colleagues. Thank you, Commissioner. Um, just a couple of items and we'll move on to administration. Um, earlier this week, and those who have served as mayor, it's kind of a unique opportunity to, when you have um, council generals come visit you. We had Taiwan this week, uh, Mr. Chow, and he was really um, just, just a personal individual. And I want to thank Paola, Sandy, from your office for the tremendous work they do on international leadership. I think it's really awesome. Also, I had the chance to stop by the Broward Legislative Delegation meeting this week, and those who have served in the, in the state. Uh, they did uh, elect Senator uh, Pizzo, was named the chair of the delegation, and Representative Marie Woodson was the vice chair, was the vice chair. So those are our leadership of the Broward delegation. Uh, this Saturday, be joining Habitat for Humanity. I don't know, Commissioner um, McKenzie at the City of Fort Lauderdale will celebrate the groundbreaking of the BBI Village. That's Habitat. That's going to be about 20 new townhomes that are going to be groundbreaking there. So please join us if you wish to be part of that, or anybody else can join us too. Talk about affordability with Habitat Manning. They do a wonderful I'll, I'll job. I'll be in Houston at, at that funeral. Oh, okay. So. All right. Well, we'll miss you. I will tell them that, uh, okay, and, and Commissioner Udine will be with us. That's great. Uh, Monday is Patriot Day, uh, 911. So joining the ceremony at the airport, as remember, one of the most horrific days in our country. Again, everybody's welcome to join us there at the Florida International Airport. Uh, Thursday, September 14th is a ribbon cutting ceremony for BPHI on 7th on 7th. Uh, so look forward to joining the Fort Lauderdale community as well. Commissioner Dean mentioned about upcoming uh, Happy Rosh Hashanah that begins uh, September 15th. Those who celebrate, uh, happy holiday to you as well. Do want to work, uh, re again recognize Dr. Tillman. Welcome to Broward County. Uh, and uh, thank you for your service to our committee. We so appreciate you and best wishes. Um, okay, Ms. Sapiro, any report? I do, thank you. Um, I wanted to... Uh, congratulate uh, Carlos Acosta, our Deputy Director of Public Works, who was uh, recently honored as, by the American Society of Civil Engineers as the Engineer of the Year. Um, Carlos received this well-deserved recognition um, uh, of personal character and integrity and achievements, merit and contribution to the society and engineering profession. So we're really proud of him and, and of our team. And another really great kudos moment um, we just got word this week after a couple of years, um, I should say, I think about five, six years that we've been in the, in the, uh, the works of this, but our Highway and Bridge Maintenance Division is the proud recipient of the, of the Broward County's first U.S. patent for inventing a larvicide spraying system um, for mosquito control that reduces um, you know, the mosquito population for Zika, dengue fever, yellow fever, and, um, saving millions of dollars um, really for this county uh, to to utilize uh, the the chemicals the the safe chemicals that we use but saving a lot of money to this county for this because of this invention and we've had 
um, outreaches from all over the country for um, ability to use these type of technology. So that was uh, developed in-house by our very talented team, and we just received our first U.S. patent. Okay. So, yeah. Congratulations. Great job. All right. Mr. Melton, any, any words of wisdom? Uh, yes, actually, uh, just a reminder, I'd sent a memo to you all during the summer soliciting any ideas or areas you would like for us to audit during the upcoming fiscal year. And I've heard from some of you, but if there are any areas, uh, please try to get them to me sometime this month as we were finalizing that list. It could be any county program, any county operation or department, or any contractor uh, that the county is doing business with. Thank you, sir. Followed by Mr. Myers, any Thank you, Mayor. No report? No comments? Okay, great. Um, before we adjourn, again, our first budget workshop here, excuse me, a budget public hearing will be tonight at 5.01 p.m. It's very imperative that everybody on this diet shows up. Uh, we're missing, of course, uh, Vice Mayor Rich, and of course we have Commissioner Furr on the phone, but there's some issues, though, so we want to make sure that everybody it gets here tonight at 5.01 p.m. Mr. Mayor, yes. were you close? Yeah. Hold, hold on. Yes, okay, I, I need to go back to my city uh -huh. tonight, and if I don't say hello to the pastor that pastors the largest church in the city of Lauderdale Lakes, I would be remiss in not doing so. Welcome to our meeting, and I'm glad you stayed for the entire meeting. That's Did awesome. You? Thank you very much. Commissioner Fur, will you be joining us this evening? And any, I will be there. Any, I'm sorry, I forgot you again. Is any reports you want to make? I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. I was going to save it for next week anyway. Thanks, though. Okay, and blessings to feel better, okay? Appreciate I it. I told you I forget about you every now and then. I'm sorry, Commissioner. I know, I know. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> out of sight, out of mind, right? Very quickly, very quickly. All right. Thank you, everybody. This meeting is adjourned.